I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Starring us. Not the actual breakdown of your mentality. That happens behind closed door. <laughs> Guess what? Um, no, I'm just going to tell you. You saw a bunny rabbit. <gasps> well, Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, uh, bunny. I really wanted to guess. Wait, do you, do you call them bunnies or rabbits or bunny rabbits? Bunny. Bunny. Bunnies. Bunnies. Yeah, I think I say, no, I say rabbit. Rabbit's just like such an adult bunny. Do you ever say bunny rabbit? When I'm referring to Eminem and 8 Mile. <laughs> That's a nice reference. All right. All right. I give up. Okay. Tell me what. So apparently I ruptured my eardrum. Weird. Right? What? I know. What? No, I'm <laughs> sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> okay, there's gonna be you so many of those eardrum. jokes. So I was just sitting in my office on a Zoom session, and all of a sudden, my ear started hurting like so much, like a little four-year-old earache. And I was like, "What the fuck?" So I went to urgent care, and I'll skip over the fact that Whoa. the lady said to me, "Huh, interesting. Do you mind if I go look something up really quick?" I was like, um, kind of, <laughs> but also no, please do. I was like, what the fuck? Excuse me. Um, do you mind if I go consult with a medical professional real quick? I'll be right back. <laughs> Called WebMD. Right. <laughs> so anyway, she kind of wasn't that helpful, but I ended up going to my friend who's a doctor and between the two, yeah, ruptured eardrum, don't know how. And I mean, it's gross, but like, I guess when you look at it with a orthoscope or some, whatever it's called, there's like blood in my ear, mm. like in my eardrum. Ooh. Mm. Didn't hurt anymore. Even by the time I left the doctor, it was crazy. So that's it. It's my story. I have a ruptured eardrum wow. and it doesn't sound weird. I like have a TMJ thing where I like open my jaw. When I do that, I can hear it sounds weird, but they said it just heals oh, over yeah. time. So there's nothing to be done for it. They don't even put any drops in it or anything. No, I have antibiotics. So is it painful? No, not anymore. It was for that like 20 minutes. Do they have any idea how it happened or it's just like no. something that happens? Something that happens. I wasn't deep sea diving. I wasn't wow. doing anything. I mean, I'm sure there was some reason <laughs> for it. I don't know. But anyway, you know, those weird things that happened to me, like when I got the mumps a few years ago, that was weird. <laughs> like who gets the mumps? Yeah, things do happen. Yeah. One other thing. Did I talk about, I must have last week. You talk about a lot Shrinking. of things. You talk a lot. I know. I mean, not to derail your talking, but you know, there is a support group for people that talk a lot. What's it's it called? called? On and on and on. Oh my God. You didn't just make that up, did uh -huh. you? I've had that in the repertoire okay. for years. I'm sure you it's made not, them all it's not up did at I some just point. Make it up. It's did I just think of, no, well, did that's you... like somebody saying, that's not a real word that's made up. Like, all words are made up. Sure. You made this up at some point. You pulled it out in an amazing, appropriate time. It just is. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's what she said. Oh, God. Ha. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't. I felt like Michael Scott. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That was amazing. I was trying not to. I was really trying not to. I was to. like, what? Oh, no. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry. I will compose myself. You can keep going. Shrinking. Did I bring that up last week? The TV show? You asked me that last time with Jason Siegel. That's what no, I said. I have not seen it yet. Okay. So yeah, it's still really good. Why haven't you watched it, Doug? I told you to watch it. I'm, I'm behind on a lot of things. 
Well, I don't know. This is a priority. It's in line right after Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I then you'll watch it in a year. Yeah. Speaking of catching up. Yes. We can catch up. Let's catch up. We're catching up. Well, we're catching up with Sarah after her eye surgery. Yeah. Speaking of ears, ears, eyes. Yeah. Ears, nose, and throat. Ears, eyes. I don't know. Whatever. Ears, no, yeah. The segue is speaking of <laughs> ketchup and up. mustard. Oh, no. We're going to leave you for a little while so you can listen to me and Sarah talking about stuff. Sarah and, and me. things. No, no, you weren't there. Bye. <laughs> you know, somebody did somebody did ask me, like, is Meredith there? Like when, when Sarah comes in, does Meredith just like go in the other room? Like, no, it's a completely different time and place. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's god. The magic of recording. What I do is I hide in the closet and I just peek through and watch the session because it's amazing. Just kidding, Sarah. JK. <laughs> no, no, you're not gonna jump out and scare anybody. No. None of that. Oh, scary enough when she, you guys will hear in a second talking about the eye. No, she talked about the eye surgery, but yeah. this is, she had it and now she's recovered, right. recovering. And it's, you will hear, you will hear and we will be here. And Meredith can pretty much hear. Kind of, of out of one ear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Do you remember uh, when I was showing you the example by folding a piece of paper about how our neural oh, pathways yeah. connect? Yeah, yeah. I still love that. Your brain is doing that right now with your eyes. Your eyes are like that folded piece just, of paper. That's what I was going to say. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's why my doctor said the brain figuring out how to see through right. your new eyes right. is going to be the biggest part of the healing process. What an amazing thing our brains are. And anybody that says like, oh, I'm hardwired this way. This is the way I am. Like, no, 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 no. Our brains can do miraculous things. Before I started therapy with you, I would have been the person that said, oh, that's just how I am. In fact, that is what I said my whole life until I finally was like, I don't think I want to be how I am. <laughs> as much as I define myself by my neuroses, I suppose, I'm realizing more and more that I don't have to, you know, and, and people yeah. really close to me are making comments like, yeah, no, you, you seem like very different. There's so much less stress and, and tension like surrounding you. If you remember, these were mechanisms that got put in place to help you literally survive and to get you through a lot of your upbringing, your marriage, a lot of things that you would needed help to get through. As we talk about like, yeah, my neuroses. And remember, these were defense mechanisms that your amazing system built up to protect you. We just don't need them anymore. Yep. Speaking of defense mechanisms, a little history here. Beginning of the children of God, mm -hmm. Berg essentially right at the beginning he's there with a bunch of hippies who have no income and he's essentially started a movement that has no way to propel itself forward because nobody worked everybody was like fuck uncle sam so there he is 
He's like, okay, but I do have a bunch of 20 something hot chicks who are smoking weed. Oh, I'm going to basically pimp them out. So this became known as flirty fishing. I want to talk about it because I, I went to bed that night and I was like, hmm, there's something very deep. Our mother did this. Okay, so what these women did is they went to fancy bars and hotels, sat at the bar, and basically hit on rich men. When they hooked one, which is why it was called flirty fishing, they would essentially go up to their hotel room and sleep with them for money. That's how it was. So they were whores or prostitutes, and Berg was their pimp. I mean, it simply put, that's exactly what it was. That money would be given to Berg to run his cult. Right. Right? Right. It later became known as ties. As a child, I remember sitting there watching my mom get ready to go out and not obviously grasping what was happening because I was probably six. I had no idea what she was doing because the cult was so sexually like, I mean, it was very infused with just sex, right? Sex, bad and good and normal and totally abnormal and perverted. All of it. So by eight years old, you'd probably been molested at least once. So by then I was like, oh, I'm starting to put the pieces together. And I never, I don't think I've ever thought about it. But this is a big one because this is a very early memory that's I don't know what to do with. And I keep sort of mulling it over. There's the intellectual and there's the emotional. You and I have kind of worked to sort of to integrate those because you will you will move towards the intellectual and I want to understand this. The idea for you is the emotional experience and that's what I really want to go to and stay with. And that's really all I'm feeling at this point about that. That's why I brought it up because I don't have an intellectual place. Walk me through some of that. Um, I mean, uh, there's <laughs> a lot of words that come to mind. Use them. I mean, abuse to my mother, my mother. I can't even use the word anger because it seems too insignificant for what I feel towards this Berg fellow. So I would say abuse of my mother, you know, my mother being abused and watching her abuse herself. Even in the cult, there's something called Jesus babies. Those mm. were the kids who got conceived from flirty fishing. So these were all, or for right. the most part, married right. women because the cult was big on getting, you get married and then they split you up. So it was like a constant, like destabilizing effect. Everybody got married, had a couple of kids, and then they would move the dad somewhere and move the mom somewhere else. And then they would get remarried. And it was all just very strange. But these were married women. Let's talk about my mother, okay? My mother was a married woman with six children. She's going out 
and sleeping with other guys. And my dad just has to sort of let it happen. My dad was madly in love with my mother. I told you he only joined the freaking cult because of her. <laughs> so now this person's saying, oh, and by the way, you need to let your wife go out and like fuck a bunch of random strangers for no reason other than to get money from them. So then there's the abuse on my father, which I think is very significant because there was probably a lot of hurt there. My eldest sister says it was nonstop screaming and hollering and fighting between the two of them. Now I'm putting these pieces together. I'm like, oh my God, of course. My dad was probably so jealous and so angry. I don't know, Doug, there's a lot of things here in this thought. <laughs> Pictures in my mind, right? I, I see images of sitting on the floor and watching my mom put on makeup which was a very rare sight. And then I go deeper into the memory and I think, oh my God, like the next morning, my mother was throwing plates across the dining room, hollering at my dad. And I always just thought, oh, my mom's a little unstable. <laughs> but there must have been so much going on there. By the time I got around to having this conversation, it was only my mom left. And she got so defensive and so angry at me. It's when you know you've done something wrong, but you don't want to be wrong. So you attack the person who's telling you or who's having the feelings. I, I've seen it in myself. She believed she was literally eating this crap up hook line and sinker ex pun intended she was being a good follower i'm more interested in the impact on you and how you made sense of it and what you saw i think that it marginalized the importance of a quality relationship a good relationship with somebody there there was many many years of my life where it was never like, oh, no, I'm with this person and it would be wrong for me to stray, let's say. I never did. But there was never a part of me that thought I shouldn't. There was never a part of my brain that thought maybe this would hurt the other person. What you're uncovering is my brain is making sense of what a relationship is between two adults that love each other. What is okay and what is not okay. But as a kid, you're seeing this and your brain is making sense of how, how do people in a relationship act? How do they attach? How are they connected? We're just building our data points, as you say, right? Fast forward <laughs> to you have a relationship with somebody at 15 that's close enough that you guys leave the cult together. Something very different than what you saw in your parents. Yeah, with everybody. I mean, all the adults. So you were experiencing something for yourself very different. We are together in this. If you have something that you're together in, great. You might have started to formulate, well, what's, is there, is there a benefit to me? Like, what, what is this? 
you have said that it was more important for you to have children than it was to have a loving, supportive partner. And I see you nodding. I was right? just going to bring it to that. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So you, you take over. I'll say more later, but. No, 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 please. You keep going. No, 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 no. No, keep going because you got it. That's, that was exactly it. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Good. Then you say the part that I'm going to say. <laughs> this is therapy. This is, this is, this is you. When I tell my story to people and they're like, why did you stay married to this guy for so long? If he's such an abusive asshole, I'm like, oh, well, because I had to have two kids from the same guy, not being happy not being in love, not being, you know, my best self. It was two kids from one guy and then I'm good. There was a lot of that in the cult. You know, it was, it, it's so crazy. We're 10 kids and my mom was part of these flirty fishing women. Mm -hmm. I would say 90% of families from the cult have at least one Jesus baby. And how fucked up is that? Like, oh, that's totally normal. I'm just going to go sleep with somebody else real quick. And if I have a child from it, you can't say shit to me because it was what I was supposed to do. It's drugs and it's sex and it's condone and it's how you move up and how you ingratiate yourself. So within the cult, your mom was probably doing the things she was supposed to do, right? Yeah, okay. not condoned, actually scheduled. Encouraged, scheduled, like, right. And if you didn't participate in it, you had a bigger problem. Right. You right. know, you weren't cult material. What we're talking about now, you and I are talking about this pretty intellectually. We haven't even hit the emotional. What you witnessed as a kid, how your frame of references got built and embedded in there, such that you went into a marriage well, as long as I get my two kids, I'm fine. And you've even said to me, well, as long as I'm just subservient, I'll be okay. He won't punch walls. He won't punch me. He won't touch the kids. So I'll just be a, a good wife. Berg was like such an extreme pervert. I don't know if he was a sex addict or what. I mean, for sure he was an alcoholic and for sure he was a pedophile, but what he did next was have all those same women make him videos. So it was almost like he was such a narcissist that he, he wanted these women to actually be sleeping with him. It is, this is me being intellectual, okay? So these women who were these flirty fish would have to make these like dancing videos where they were basically like stripping off to like appease him, they made us do it, us little girls. So whatever your mom just did, your mommy just did on that video, we're gonna have you do that. Hmm. that there's one memory I have, <sighs> a bad one. Um, well, a, hard, a, a difficult one to remember is all three of us sisters all having to dance on video until we were naked. Mm. And I, I, I cried the whole way through. I talked to my eldest sister about it. And my sister said, yeah, no, we had to keep stopping because you were crying so much. And, you know, 
they didn't want Berg to see little girl crying. So we had to keep starting over and over again. And wow. you don't know how fucked up this is. Oh my God. It's so weird. It's so weird. Pause in there. Because you're laughing about it. You're smiling about it. But it's not a laughy, smiley thing. Have we're, to. We're, we're talking about a, a little girl made to make a striptease video with her sisters crying all the way through. Younger than six. I was younger than six. <sighs> exactly. How would you, in that situation, parent little Sarah? Well, I wouldn't let that happen to little Sarah. I don't believe a parent should have to parent through a situation like that because it shouldn't happen. And a child should not have to go through that. And yet a child Absolutely. did. A child did. You did. What do you say to the kid? How do you parent little Sarah in that instance? I mean, obviously that should have never happened. Right. And it did. And it did. And it's never going to happen again. And it happened. How would you parent little Sarah? I, I have I'm, no I'm, idea what I would say to little Sarah. I will answer it by virtue of pulling your answer from a couple months ago. You said, how would I parent myself? Tears and hugs. <laughs> I don't know if that's enough for that, though. Honestly, and that, that's just me being completely honest. I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying right now because I'm actually quite emotional, even though you probably can't tell. You know, one of my favorite movies is A Time to Kill because mm -hmm. it covers this genre of abuse to a child where there is no, there is no okay. Normally when you ask me that, I go to a picture as a parent with a child who's just had something very terrible happen to them you know, right. abuse wise. Right. But I, I don't have that place right now. Somehow. I don't know why, but I don't have it because there's nothing I can say to that child. I, I mean, kill, kill, <laughs> kill all the people is the only thing I can think. Time to kill. And if I remember correctly, Samuel Jackson on the stand saying, yeah, and I would do it again. There's something about the anger and the protection. You say you're feeling the emotion now. I believe you. That emotion is, is huge and it can be whelming and even overwhelming to feel it all. It's a lot. Yeah. What I want to impress upon you is your answer for how you would parent yourself again. Tears and hugs. But do tears and hugs help that little Sarah in any way? I honestly don't think you know the answer to that because I don't think you've I experienced don't. that. <laughs> it's true. I haven't, I haven't yeah. experienced that. We will start to experience for you. What is that like when somebody is there with you? And if you think of what tears and hugs are, it's acknowledging what you're going through, acknowledging what you're feeling, allowing you to feel what you feel. I, I, I do and don't mean tears and hugs literally. 
you know, from a parent to a child, what it's like for a child to have someone there allowing them to cry. What I feel when you say that is that the parents were the problem. If I think about somebody hugging me afterwards or while I was crying and they had to keep stopping filming, they were the bad guys. Yeah, and and part of that is is absolutely correct. That's why we're doing it now. Because I think the the tears and hugs in that case is like, mm, I'm sorry you have to do that here. Let me give you a hug. Let me wipe those tears. And good job. Now I've got to deliver this tape to, to Berg. Or now you need to go back and finish. I think we need, you need two things. You need Samuel Jackson to take care of business. And then... Matthew McConaughey. I need Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> no, I totally need Samuel L. Jackson first. Yes. And then you need the tears and hugs. It's not safe for that. Tears and hugs back then wouldn't have done it. You can't go back in time. You didn't get the kind of parent that could be a comfort in your discomfort. Maybe I jumped the gun by kind of going to the tears and hugs because it, it really is the Sam Jackson. We need the anger coming out. There wasn't anybody protecting you. That wasn't there. Not only were they not protecting me, they were doing this to me. I've said it to you before, and I don't think it can be said enough. I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. And I'm really glad that you said thanks and me too, because there's a version of you that I met a few months ago that would have said, yeah, it's fine. There's going to be more anger. You know, I would not yeah. be surprised if you start feeling it. And it's, it's you know, we're, we're getting close to screaming to the pillow time. So feel whatever you're feeling and know that it's it's legit, it's okay, and we will process more. And we're back. Hello. Hello. When you said something about your brain is figuring out, I don't know if you said or she said, brain is figuring out how to see through new eyes. I was like, damn, that's deep, accurate and deep. Yeah, it's funny. We started right off the bat talking about something. I mean, you remember it, Mayor, the the folding the paper uh -huh. uh, analogy for, you know, creating new neural pathways. And right. we even did a video on it and right. put it out there. Yeah, and yeah. She, you know, I did that in a session with her. So she got it and she referenced it. And that's, that's what she was talking about. Her brain with new eyes, like seeing something new. It's, it's cool that we started with that. And then she took that left turn. But when she was starting to say like, yeah, hearing people comment on her being different, that's really cool. And going from that, this is just how I am to actually no, I can be different. If I want, I can change and how dialectic those can be. Sure. This is how I am. And I can also change, you know? It's also for a lot of people, so black and white when maybe at some point there's a sort of epiphany or even just a natural change, they look back and they're like, oh, huh. Right. Right. Now I can see it differently. Yeah. Yeah, totally. To have those new eyes. And that's funny because a lot of what this session was to me was when people reach a certain point in their healing and therapy, they start to understand what they've been through and what maybe the trauma was. And then they look back on things that happened with these new eyes and they go, oh, wait, that's what was happening. Oh, 
Now I understand it. And that's totally what she was, I think, experiencing when she was talking about um, flirty fishing. If you understand, I'm guessing you understood that. It's not that hard to get. Yes. Well, that was, again, you sort of said, just kind of jumped in, took this left turn, if you will, or it was something she had on her mind. She wanted to bring up. So she did. Right. Which I thought was great. She did. Yeah. Yeah. At first I was like, huh, where are we going with this? Just talking about like the hot hippie girls and how the cult had no income. And then talking about how David Berg just picked these moms, these moms with kids and married and pimped them out. I don't think he discriminated. Like he, he picked young girls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he literally picked young girls. I mean, that's what he was doing, but he was for this. What she was talking about is that idea of cool, young hippie girls, even if your mom's, even if you're not, you get out there and flirt with guys and hook them. That's how we're going to get money. So he was absolutely pimping them out. Yeah. And then giving the money back to him to run his cults. And right. so, right. so sad when she was talking about she remembers like watching her mom get ready to go on these quote unquote right. dates and to right. go again, which she was referring to her mom, but like married woman, six kids, like her dad is so in love with her mom and hearing right. that, oh, they would fight all the time and yell and break dishes. And I guess after this sort of started, because yeah, now in hindsight, like right. he was so pissed, rightfully so. I think she was getting pissed too, but she was more like just realizing what this was. And she explained, I think in an earlier episode where they never really wore makeup. I mean, they were living the hippie cult lifestyle, right? Right. So seeing her mom putting on makeup and getting dressed was actually a big deal. Right, right. And it was like, oh, this is flirty fishing. She's getting ready to do this. And I think it's only now that she realizes oh, that's what that was. Of of course it had an effect on us. Like these new scenes that she's playing from her memory, now understanding it a little better. And a lot of what I was doing with her in this episode, the few sessions we've had before this and after this, you'll hear, I really push for her to make emotional connections, not just intellectual connections. Yeah. And that's when, even when she started talking about this and she said, I have a lot of words. I said, Use them. Use them. Yeah. Because I didn't want her to carefully craft what she was saying about it. I wanted her just to kind of riff and let out what she was feeling and say it however she wanted to. Yeah. And I think there were certain things that she was talking about in this where it was not even really an option to not have an emotional connection to it. Like she did. I mean, she can easily tell a story without having an emotional connection. But when she was talking about when she was under six years old and her and her sisters had to literally yeah. strip a, a strip tease on video for him completely naked. I, I could feel it. She wasn't just telling the story. She was like, that is so fucking sad. Like that is so horrible. Yeah. And there's, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we'll go with this here. Cause what you're hitting there, like I could hear that in her and I pushed something a few times, like the the concept of of tears and hugs, Mm -hmm. which she used earlier when she was talking about her daughter, right? Yeah. Allowing the tears and hugs. So I used that and I was kind of trying to like meet her in that emotional place, but get to it from the intellectual place. Like how would you parent yourself at six? And she kept going, 
that just wouldn't have happened. She goes, I don't know, Doug. How would you have parented little Sarah? I was like laughing. You're like, oh. <laughs> right. Uh. right. Well, I'm, she did that a couple of times. Yeah. There, was, there was something earlier when we, oh yeah, when she was talking about how it affected her relationships and how in her last marriage, she went two kids from the same dad. And I was getting at something, her wanting the kids from the same partner and how it was transactional and trying to get her to go to the relational. She was like, yes, yes, tell me more. I'm like, no, you take over. Totally. I'm like, this isn't my story. No, but I, I get what she's saying. Like, oh, you're explaining this to me. Like, great, I get it. And also you jump in too, Sarah, because she's figuring out so much. Right. And, you know, at some point when she first told about it, you could hear the emotion and sadness. And then as you guys were talking about it a little more, she was laughing and smiling a little bit and saying, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm noticing that. She's like, well, I have to, which I get, like, obviously. Right. But I think I do hear more emotional connection and how important this yeah. was for her to bring up. You know, like I was shocked when she said yeah. this because we know some of the stuff, but we know a lot of generalities, not a lot of details. And this is fucking horrible. Horrible. If you think about the times that she's mentioned what they've been through in the cult, it's usually my siblings had it worse. Yeah. You know, or I left and they stayed there, or I saw these things. This is what was happening to us. This was a story that was about her, yep. my experience. Yep. And oh my gosh, when she says, like, I, I remember being there at, at, you know, less than six and just crying. And so sad. I made a decision to kind of go with, you know, the tears and hugs. And I loved, absolutely loved that she said, I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, I did too. When I heard her say Which that, was I was great. like, yeah, you're not wrong. It would have been something, but not enough. I even said, I think I jumped the gun on the tears and hugs. There's something needs to happen before that. Yeah. And the, the tears and hugs is like the reference to, like I said, with her daughter, mm -hmm. allowing space and a place for those emotions to just be and be expressed. Where she is in this now is anger, just flat, just anger. That's what it is. And she even made, I love this too, the reference to A Time to Kill, yeah, that movie. So right? good. Yeah. And if you guys remember that, it's Samuel Jackson who murdered somebody for raping his daughter. And what she's saying is, I need the Samuel Jackson. And that says to me, right, I want somebody to protect me. I need an outlet to be angry. Right. And I'm so angry. Jesus, babies, go fuck yourself, David Berg. That is fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow. oh, my God, dude, what? Like, that's, I don't know if any of her siblings uh, conceived that way at all, but Jesus Christ, like, that is horrifying. I don't know 100% for sure, but based on what she said, every family in the cult yeah. had Jesus babies. Right. It was that's so gnarly. And just... At one point she said, yeah, you know, starting to realize it by about eight years old, everybody had been molested at least once. Poor thing. Poor everybody, but poor. And at the end, you said, I'm really sorry. And, and when she said, thanks, me too, I was thinking, whoa, that's different. And then you said, wow, that's different. Yeah. And I'm really glad. I think I even said this. I'm really glad she didn't say, eh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, she's not. And her saying me too is her acknowledging, yeah, I'm sorry too. I'm sorry for that little girl version of me. Right. 
And she is able to identify with that. She is able to acknowledge the emotion that she had and still has. Yeah. And still holds. Yeah. I really wanted to get to the the tears and hugs version of let's sit with the emotion. And I realized in this session, she's not ready. No. She's still angry. Yeah. You know, she's very angry. I even said, like, I think we're getting closer to screaming to the pillow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think as you guys talk about more about her and her experience as opposed to her right. experience of exactly. everyone else. Right. I mean, she was talking about her tears, her tears when she had to film this video with her and her sisters stripping naked for this fucking, as she says, fucked hard. I mean, yeah, this disgusting pedophile cult leader. And she's dripping tears. And that's when she caught the tears and hugs not being enough. She's like, right. Because if you're crying, it's like, yeah, I know. Okay, now go out and do it. Right. Now, yeah, now go finish. Right. Now we have to do another take. Do it again without the tears. And it's teaching so her sad. to not have the emotions. Yeah. Suck it up. Right? To put up this front. Suck it up. Yeah. Just do it. So she's at a very early age actively learning not to have emotional expression, that it's not okay. She also, at some point when she was talking about like the marginalized importance of it, I think of a good relationship or something and just talking about how she never cheated, you know, but she never thought about cheating's bad. You know what I mean? Like she was never like, right. I'm going to cheat. Not that like the mom was intentionally doing that. She was forced basically. Well, she could see what it was doing to her dad. Like it was, you know, throwing dishes and being sad and eventually leaving. Yeah. But she right? was like, I didn't even really think to me like, oh, I shouldn't cheat. That's a bad thing. She just was like, Okay. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a moral thing for her. It was just like, yeah, right, whatever. Right. Because what she saw was this. It's going on all around her and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Man, if you guys, I mean, maybe we can put a link on it, but if you don't know that scene from A Time to Kill, I mean, it, it really captures how upset, how angry I think Sarah really is that she wasn't protected in that time and still. When, when Samuel Jackson is getting grilled, like, hey, do you think these people should suffer? Do you think they should, you know, be arrested? Do you think they, and he, you know, finally blurts out, I think they should burn in hell, you know, and he's adamant. I think all of you guys know who Samuel L. Jackson is. As an actor, he can get really angry. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And Sarah's identifying with that. I want her to experience that somewhere. Uh -huh. That's uh -huh. the screaming to the pillow. Yeah. Let yep. that out. And it's what we've talked about where, the justice warrior in her when she's trying to correct something, right? All of that is intellectual. I'm trying to correct something. This is how it has to be. It needs to be right this way. Right. Now she's getting into the anger of it. She even said in this session, like, yeah, kill, 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 kill them all. You know, of course, of course you're going to be that angry. As I was listening to this too, I was thinking, and it's funny because it ties into the next episode somewhat, but I was thinking about, wow. She's like chill. Her enunciation is chill. She's just like more flowy and like she's less, I don't want to say not uptight, like wound up or, you know, whatever it is. Like she's been on this journey that, that we're doing together. She's, and you'll hear it more. You're right. In, in the next session with yeah. her, that she's kind of getting to a place of like leaning back of like being able to sit with it. She's we talked about the the Bruce Almighty drawer that is yeah. never ending. It's just got so much in it. We've been opening it bit by bit, pulling things out. She's got memories that are coming up that we're able to look at now. She doesn't have to just file it away and compartmentalize it. And if she does, 
here's where we open up the compartments. Right. And we mentalize it, yep. right? And yep. we we figure out what it is and, and what it feels like. And she's in the place now where she can do that. And this is session 28 with her. So if you think about it, it's what, six months into her therapy and this is where we are? It's amazing. That's pretty great. It's cool, man. I'm I'm really proud of the work that she's been doing on herself. You can hear it in her. And that you guys have the, been the doing together. Yes, thank you. I'll I'll take some credit for it, but it, it really is her like shifting yeah. how she thinks about things and how she's able to sit with it and process it, which is amazing, you know? And if it's not like I went directly at it, we're going to hit it right here. Right. Here's the trauma, we're going to pull it out, let's look at no, we're doing it more naturally in a pace that I think is more conducive to her seeing the change, totally. doing the new folds in her brain, yeah. looking at things differently. I mean, how metaphoric that she she just got her eyes fixed and now she's starting to see things differently. Totally. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, I love it. Right? I love it. Well, cool. Well, you guys tune in. Well, not next week because next week we'll hit you with some Drew. Right. But in two weeks, we'll be back with Sarah. Right. You can hear where we go with this and you'll be able to see things clearly or not. Maybe y'all need glasses or surgery <laughs> or a busted eardrum. Or, I don't know. Oh, so many options. We're all falling apart. Okay. We'll be back <laughs> next week. <laughs> that uplifting note. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.